Markets with Sean Hackett. Sean is a financial advisor with Hackett Financial in Boca Raton, Florida. And this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Will, your premier ag tire and will provider in North America, helping people grow. Tractor Zoom delivering insights and dry shot boots, the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. And they're the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast because they're the only work boot company that said they'd want to be part of the Moving Iron Podcast. So things are positive. You know, I enjoy, I enjoy that. So I guess, uh, Sean, as you take a look what's going on today, there is uh, plenty of muck around, so you still need a pair of those dry shot boots to uh, kind of muddle your way through. So there's there's a ton of stuff going on. So let's jump in and talk about what's going on with uh, yesterday's export report, right? So actually had a pretty positive last couple days. Uh, hopefully we can finish out Friday with some, some level of uh, prob- uh Positivity and, and lead that into next week. Right now, the uh, looks like the corn market in the front month is up about oh one and a quarter. So there's a uh, still a lot of day left, but we're uh, heading in the right direction, I guess. So as you take a look, what's going on, man? What are your thoughts about yesterday and uh, where, where you see today going? The um, market's starting to break out on the charts. You know, we've been talking about how um, they're kind of building and coiling for this to happen. And it looks like you know, wheat and corn and soybeans, even bean meal, all showing some breakouts this week to the upside and starting to show um, you know, that prices have been too low for too long. And the economy keeps reopening. Energy prices keep going up. Ethanol prices keep going up. Activity, ethanol production keeps going up. Um, and, you know, weather is just getting started, but uh, there's enough problems uh, in the U.S. and elsewhere that markets... You know, starting to get a little concerned. We have a hurricane tropical system coming into Texas and Louisiana, and it looks like there could be some some potentially flooding rains in the eastern corn belt where it has been excessively wet. So, we're all this together, uh, Casey. And on top of it, we have a U.S. dollar that's been falling pretty rapidly, and the real is up 15% off the lows. Yeah. Um, all these are good signs and saying that maybe we're ready to bring uh, a lag inflation here in the summertime. So. Well, that'd be good. We need a little bit, of, need a little bit of kick. So as you take a look, so okay, I don't want to talk about this, Sean, but I, I have to. I guess it's in it's in my contract. But China, right? So if you take a look at, at what's going on there, there are the the sugar coating is getting thicker and thicker and thicker on this phase one China thing, and obviously there is some. Uh, delayed buying purchases because of everything that's going on. They want to blame it on the uh, the coronavirus and all the stuff that's happening there, but they never stopped buying anything from Brazil. So I guess, th- granted, now we're kind of like the only shop in town now that's got, you know, the, the protesters left us alone. So we've got, we've got all, we've got the only shop in town that doesn't have, a, that's got a, a good, robust supply of, of pork, beef, chickens, um, we name it. We got it all, right? So I guess as you start looking two, three months down the road, opportunity for this phase one thing, whether China wants to have it happen or not, um, is got to be 
right there, right? I mean, am I, am I, am I reading too much into this, or am I? We, we, have, we have to remember this is a political election year. Yeah. So politicians will say all kinds of things in the public forum to try to frame the argument. So I don't pay any attention to what anybody says. I just pay attention to what they're doing. And so what I think is pretty telling, Casey, is that we had the Chinese making these claims you know, that they're not going to buy from us. Marcus didn't, didn't, didn't skip a beat that day. They, they tried to go down just for a little bit, and they ended the day flat, and they're not allowing. So they're going to buy. They have been buying. And, 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 and you look at their economy, their economic activity continues to improve. It just approved an $800 billion infrastructure bill in China to get things going even more. Copper, breaking out to new highs, almost 260 down up from 210 You know, copper's always one of the best barometers for global economic activity, especially out of China. And yet, it means demand's going to continue to improve for uh, commodities and for our products, and they're going to see and need to continue to build that hog herd. And that means they're going to need beans, a lot of them, and they're going to need corn, and they're going to need, you know, to, to continue to buy uh, pork and beef from us to try to fill in the gap until they can rebuild that herd over the next 12 months. And so all this is saying that demand can, can, will continue to get better. And as our packing plants continue to do better at bringing the animals through, um, you know, we're going to start to see the animal prices start to catch up to the uh, actual meat prices, which have already been sky high, as you know. Right. So. All right, so here's another thing. We've got China's kind of, I know what they're, it just feels like to me they're waiting to see what happens after the election, and they're doing, they're kind of dragging their feet, and like, oh, I promise we're going to buy some stuff. Just want to see what you guys are going to do first. Hold on a second. So now we've got this stuff going on, and now, so that's, that's a positive part of our economy, right? We're seeing some, they haven't let up on buying hogs. There's a new reports out about African swine fever, and it's about as bad as it was to start with. I mean, I don't know if they actually ever stopped it from happening. Um, they have a hard time stopping the spread of stuff. You know that? Whether it's whether it's African swine fever or coronavirus, they can't seem to stop anything from happening. But the only thing the good, the only thing the good, the only thing the good that the Chinese are having is supporting the truth. <laughs> <laughs> they are good at that. Boy, they can slash that down in no time flat. Well, they, 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 apparently nobody has the coronavirus in the country. Nobody has it. No one does. No. Completely not. Well, if you don't count it, if you don't actually check and, and actually register someone, you, no one's got it, right? North North Korea's never had a case this whole time, so <laughs> go figure, right? <laughs> All right, so now the job report came out today at, at yeah. 7.30, and surprisingly it fell. I can't shock her. You know, you, you get open stuff back up and get people back to work. Oddly enough, they unemployment goes down. So I guess uh, that's going to have a positive effect on the markets across the board today, right? You're going to start seeing the outside markets are going to rally strong, and I would believe that would that would bring up the, uh, um, the the commodity market with it as well. Remember, we talked about this post-virus for, for many months on your, on your program. Mm -hmm. We talked about what it looks like, and now we're in the upward part of this W. And the, the economic numbers for the next couple of months are going to be blistering. As, as records setting the word to the downside, we're going to see record setting numbers to the upside that we've never seen before in history. And so we're in this, this you know, uh, bungee recoil back up. And, um, and yeah, it's going to be a good time for asset markets. It's going to be a good time for recalibrating supply and demand and what the, the funds and the capital flows and where things really should be at. And so it's, it should be a very, very good time for the ag markets. And we should... Um, yeah, throwing a little weather or throwing some 
some other fundamentals uh, that uh, can add a kicker. I mean, we could have some very exciting moves here and give our U.S. producers a chance you know, to sell a price that can make some sense and, and put some, some equity back into their businesses. So we're pretty optimistic right now, and, and we'll be getting some really, really good smart money capital flows readings in the grain markets as of late, like really good. I mean, some of the strongs I've seen in a very long time, Casey. Mm -hmm. So you know, we're pretty optimistic that we're just turning the corner here. Everyone's still bearish. I'm still getting my customers telling me I don't know what I'm talking about. You got your points going lower. And that's beautiful. I love to hear that. Because if everyone is still doesn't believe the rally, markets like to climb a wall of worry. But maybe everyone starts to give in and say, okay, I, I agree. It's forced now. Then you got to be more careful. That's all priced in. But we're nowhere near <laughs> shifting the Senate to bullish yet. Not even yeah. close. Well, yeah. Well, it seems like there's a lot of things that have lined up here of late that that can really point towards some some really good good growth. I mean, the U.S. dollar is a double-edged sword. You know, if it's too weak, you got inflation, but it also helps with exports. And what you see there, so like you talked about earlier, you know, the the uh, the, the lag in the U.S. dollar over the last couple of weeks is, is showing that there actually some people are starting to do some exports with this now. Um, you got AstraZeneca talking about how they're going to have. Uh, whatever it is, 2 billion doses of uh, the coronavirus vaccine that's supposed to come out this fall. And as all these things kind of fall into place, it looks like to me there's going to be some positive growth going into the fall. And assuming, barring something crazy happening, which, I mean, who knows? It could be all, <laughs> the way things have been of late, there could be all kinds of crazy stuff happen. But it feels like the, the economy is headed in a good spot. And we're heading into the election, the history of election years, Casey, is that the politicians like to boost and juice everything they can mm -hmm. to make it look good. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable that they will do it. They'll, they'll, put more, they'll put more ammunition on this fire than they need to heading into the election. Now, after the elections, I'll be a little more concerned. Uh, and that's when we can, might begin to down, the next, uh, the downward part of the W, where we go, all right, we've had the bounce, we've had the rebound, well, you know, the government's put all this money in, uh, but where are, where, where are we really? Where really is there's still going to be a lot of problems, and the government's going to be on more on hold because they've done so much. They're starting they're going to start collecting the tab of the wall. Wait a minute, here. we we got to just uh, you know sit back and see how this, all this plays out. We got to you know, and, and so I think heading into the election, it should be a very good period, um, and I don't really expect politicians to do anything other than to keep everything rocking and rolling now. It's in every senator's, House of Representatives, and the President's best interest uh, to not be blamed for a bad economy come November. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's good for the ad, that's good for what uh, the prices, good for demand, and good for bringing speculative funds into the buy side. Right. After being on the sell side for a good part of the first <clears throat> half of the year. Right. So. As you... Uh Kind of sit back and take a look. You know, cattle numbers are are showing that slaughter is pretty close to where it was about a year ago. Um, yeah. Hasn't really prices off about ten bucks from where it was about a year ago. But um, pork prices are you know are at, at a near low again. Um, they can't seem to catch a break there. But I guess as you uh, look around, what what market are you looking at right now that says you know what there's I see some opportunity for Upward, upward expansion more than, than I would say anywhere else. 
I would say the hog market right now is an ideal market to be taking a look at it. Just look at the October contract. We made a low. We had an initial rally from 50 to 60. Now we're retesting. We're retesting that area, and it looks like we're just about ready to complete a double bottom. Mm-hmm. And, and then the market, you know, completes that and, and then begins its ascension higher. When you look at how cheap pork is relative to beef, um, we think we think the demand for, for pork is going to be go is going to go crazy this summer. We think there's going to be all kinds of sales and promotions, and and, and, and anyone looking at their budget saying, you know, we need to trim a little bit here. I think the pork demand is going to be outstanding. Um, and then, of course, with all these animals that we've been euthanizing, you know, we're going to start running out of that oversupply of animals here pretty soon. As demand continues to surge, as the restaurants continue to open. Every, every week now, the restaurant that I went to last week, the busier this week, and mm-hmm. as more people come in, there's more people being comfortable, and so the whole thing looks really promising. I, I think if you're just thinking about a, uh, a risk-reward, entry-level market that looks just perfect for, you know, a, um, you know, a good risk-reward entry point. If you're a buyer of pork, or, you know, if you're just someone that's looking at uh, protecting upside, boy, I think the the deferred contract, late summer, early fall, uh, you know, hog prices look really, really attractive. It's, it's part of the market that looks most interest, interesting to us right now. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, the overall market is just feels, just feels like it's just ready to go. If you, uh, I always use the, hair of late I've been using the, uh, the home improvement stores as a barometer, right? So when everything was kind of shut down and slow and nobody was really there, it was kind of, you know, kind of thin and then as it got warm and the novelty of being locked down wore off it got busier and busier and busier and and now they still do practice social distancing they just try to put six people in between the six feet between you and and the other so it's a there's plenty of people out and about so it tells you that people are are going to be driving people are going to be out buying stuff they're going to be doing things to to uh, my daughter's birthday was this week so we took her to his restaurant yesterday right we actually had, we had traffic on our way home. It took us a while. I mean, we actually had traffic again. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. And in hockey, I'm getting along, but I'm like, I was, I'm so used to like, yeah. the much no traffic in South Florida. But, yep. So people on the road, people filling the tanks. It's no longer, you know, weeks to the gallon. It's now gallons, you know. <laughs> yeah, miles to the gallon, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's all happening. And, and, um, and so... You know, we're, we're in this upper part of the building, and there's no reason to believe that things like hogs and pork um, and, and, and the animal food that aren't going to allow for some pretty uh, reversion to the mean here. And, and so it just looks like an ideal market to be looking at right now. And, mm-hmm. You know, grains look good, but they're, you know, they've already started to make a turn. But I mean, there's something, something that really is just sitting there, just, you said, quailing. It looks like that's a market. You know, cattle's already kind of jumped off the lows already. I mean, Probably had a its first surge off the low. Hogs, you know, I think it's it's just a matter of time before it happens again. So. Yep, I agree. All right, let's so jump down to South America and take a look what's going down there. Uh, Argentine farmers have just finished up uh, soybean harvest, and now they're focusing on uh, corn harvest and planting some wheat down there as well. Um, same thing in Brazil. Brazil's been back and forth with the coronavirus shutdowns of some of some ports and opening up some stuff, but they've. Uh, Bolsonaro has done a really, I don't know if you want to call it a good job, but he's hes made sure things didn't close. He's threatened with threatened people with military force to get to go back to work and all those fun things. So um, 
it's kind of a kind of a hairy situation down there, and then I think there could be some some delays just because of what you know workforce looks like. So I guess as you look at South America, what are your thoughts down there, and, and where do you see some potential? It's hard to predict, you know, if and when there will be an unrest that will block logistics or block trucking or block a port. But it's, but it's certainly a very realistic possibility. Casey. I mean, if, if you're if you're kind of modeling scenarios that could take place. And what could be those drivers for grain markets? You have to model the potential for, especially corn, because corn exports, you know, they're just harvesting now. They're just starting, and so that would be a way to harvest the corn over this you know, over over during July into August. So and you have to set modeling. That's a possibility that that there could be some disruptions there. Um, the other thing that the, you know, that I would say is that the corn crop, I would still believe, is going to get lower in terms of expectations as the crop harvest comes in. We start getting actual yield results. I do believe we're going to see you know, production continue to fall, uh, meaning less exportability capabilities for Brazil at a time when we're already short corn. And we already have a shortage of corn there. And so, and then of course, Argentina, they're involved in a their default. Country right. default of their debt. So they're going through this whole basically bankruptcy trying to come out of it. And farmers there just hold on to the grain they can because that's how they. Because they, they wait for everything to get resolved, figure out how bad the currency is going to get, and once it gets as bad as they think it can get for a while, then they start moving some grain. So right now, they're just storing grain and waiting around for this whole default to run itself through. So I don't really see them being a big supplier to the market right now until the, the default works itself out, and that's probably going to take a couple of months before it really gets settled, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah that, that Argentine economic situation is... Uh it's a it's it's a bad one. I mean, especially with the like you said. I mean, they're just guys are just sitting on that on that crop and they're selling it as they need to, but they're waiting for that. You know, when is my when is my currency the the least compared to the U.S. dollar, and that can bring dollars into my situation and make my that's their wealth. That's what they have right now for for wealth is their grain and bin and. Um, the government's putting a lot of pressure on them to sell that, to sell their grain, and, and, or whatever commodity price, whatever commodity they've got, uh, to get it out of the market right now to, to help prop up their economy. And those guys are like, beat it, bro. I'm, I'm going to hang on to what I got. I was saying going into default happens, you know, once every 10 years. Yeah. It happens for the last 100 years, every 10 years. It's just that they, they know exactly how this is going to end. And, and the only reason they, they've survived so long is because they keep the grain again. Yep. <laughs> We're going through these things. They're not yep. going to sell. They're, yep. not, they're not going to do it. Not going to do it. Good stuff. All what right, I, also so. find, what I also find really interesting in the U.S. is that with all these um, riots and unrest, mm -hmm. it's amazing that all of a sudden I don't hear any more virus talk. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's gone. Like, I, I don't hear it. No one's focusing on how many new cases. Mm -hmm. It's just like it's just it, it's as if it never happened. Now the news is focused on these. Um, yep. All this unrest, so so one has to wonder, you know, what, you know, is the virus really as bad as we thought, or is it overhyped? I'm just saying, it's interesting. Like, is the virus still there? Yeah. I don't hear about it anymore. Well, they're all practicing social distancing when they're protesting and, and breaking windows, so it, it's going to work out well for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of that's the same thing. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too. Like, what I thought the world was coming to an end, and now it's it's not. So you think that would be a a big enough situation that, irregardless of what was happening. Um, on the uh, on the, the with everyone in the neighborhood, why why is this not a big deal anymore? And it's it's uh, it's surprising that that it's kind of gone to the wayside. Yeah, 
I just find, just find it very interesting how the um, media focus and headlines can change just like that. All of a sudden, what we thought was absolutely the most critical thing, it's just gone. Yep. It's just gone. Yep. Gone. Yep. And, 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 and this is why this is, this is the thing. This yep. is it right here. This is the new boogeyman. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. All right, Sean, good stuff as usual. Folks want to reach out to you and, and kind of see what you can do for them or just get some information about what's happening in the marketplace. What's the best way to do that? Uh, our website's Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. All kinds of podcasts and interviews and things to take a look at to see if what we do and how we do it might be of value to your listeners. Right on. I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for all the latest podcast information as well as any blogs I have coming out. I've got one I just finished up about a week ago, and I'm working on pillar number two going through it here uh, um, as far as uh, what I see happening with a ag equipment sales department, and that'll be out here hopefully, I keep saying this, hopefully by Monday, so always next week. And then... Um, Hopefully, uh, y'all take a chance and listen to the uh, Global Ag Network, Global Ag Network, and all the great podcasters out there as well. And uh, you know, make sure you guys are safe out there right now. Bone plant season is pretty much wrapped up around around the country, and we're heading into harvest now. And wheat harvest is, is getting strong down south. And so, I, I just would hope everybody uh, stays safe and uh, take your time, and do the right things, and, and you know, everything will work out fine. So, I guess with that, I am Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Let's go move smart, folks. Out.